What happens when your child steals your phone and starts talking to Siri in French? You won't believe the business that blossoms from this moment in Derek Doucette's life. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are Teaching Tomorrow. Derek Doucette is the new program area leader for communications at Lakefield College, just outside of Peterborough, Ontario. For many years, he was a facilitator with Cohort 21, and he recently went through the Google Innovator Program, where he's been developing a tool that has the power to transform how young people learn language. Derek's idea got picked up by the Innovation Cluster, which basically means that he'll be getting training, support, and mentorship to take his idea from the page to the stage, where he can turn this into a viable business. This is an awesome episode to listen to if you're curious about what the Google Innovator Program is all about, or if you're like me and often think about side hustles that you could take on outside of teaching. Derek is truly living the dream. I have to say though that this episode is not sponsored by Google. It is legitimately a conversation between two friends about a program that helps teachers design solutions to their problems. Obviously, this is just one of the many excellent learning experiences out there for teachers. So if you want me to share your transformative PD experience, reach out to me on Twitter at teach underscore tomorrow. And who knows, you might just find yourself on the podcast. Derek describes himself as 99% extrovert, and I know you will love his positive energy and optimistic outlook. Enough intro. Let's jump right into my chat with Derek. Derek Doucette, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm really good. I'm really excited for other people to get to know you through this convo. So why don't you start just by saying who you are, what's your role, where do you teach, uh, and what do you, what do you like? <laughs> what are things right. you like? Fantastic. I, uh, so as you said, my name is Derek Doucette. I, um, I'm a dad of two, a loving spouse of one, and uh, and. Currently, my role is a program area leader. Um, I have a few por- a few portfolios. I'm a program area leader for English and, and French, um, and we're looking to look at innovative teaching across those two departments and school wide. Um, I'm also part of an amazing group called Cohort Twenty One that yeah, is yeah. really sort of rocket shipped my learning and uh, since 2012, and uh, and I am a a Google innovator, and so I'm currently working on a project to bring foreign language to families who don't necessarily speak a second language, but so that they can introduce their children to a foreign language. And uh, and I'm also a head of house at Lakefield College School, um, where I live with uh, 24 young men uh, from grades nine through 12, and we work on uh, you know what it, it what it means to be a man in modern society. That is a really important question to be asking young men. I think we should have a whole other conversation just about yeah. that kind of a role that you play for young men. Can we do that? Yeah. Can we have a whole other conversation? That is, that is a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good one. I'm looking forward to that because I wanted to talk to you today really about that Google Certified Innovator Program. Um, so I know you from Cohort 21 and uh, obviously you're an incredible teacher, a dynamic educator, and you never stop learning. That's something that I think that attracts people to things like Cohort 21. So uh, how did you find out about the Google Innovator Program? Um, how did you get started with it? 
So it's funny. It, uh, I think it was uh, Jen Weening and, and Les McBath who were talking about doing their, their Google Educator uh, levels one and two. And you had done your, your Google Educator. Or you, you'd done the Gmail. And you were like, whoa, that is really intense. <laughs> it's harder than I thought it should be. But I finished right? it. Yeah, it took me two yeah. goes. <laughs> and so that was, that was my intro, actually. Um, so it was hanging out at cohort um, and just sort of hearing what other people were doing. I was like, wow, what's that? That sounds really neat. And, uh, and then so I started to look into it. And, uh, and then I, I really, I guess I just, I just sort of jumped in. Um, I was really nervous to do the, the level two. Um, I actually skipped the level one. I didn't do my level one Google educator, but I just jumped into level two, and and that was at the the suggestion of Garth and Justin. Level and just, one, just for people who don't know, is pretty basic too. It's like, do you understand how to use email? I think most educators yeah. who are in a Google school just develop a level one competency by virtue of doing the regular everyday tasks of Google stuff. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, yeah, so level one is knowledge of the apps and functionality of the apps um, that that Google that, that are part of the G Suite, and then um, level two is more using it in a leadership role, right? So now you're on the creation side, and and what I really liked about that that Google two was um, it was an online machine learning experience, and and it was unlike any other experience I'd ever had. I really enjoyed it. It was you know you're just creating, and so you're you know, without going into too much detail with the non-disclosure, but you, you're expected to, to perform using these things given different scenarios. And, uh, and that was just a, uh, that was an amazing experience just like for my own learning, but also to think about it in a larger context. Of, of what you could apply to your own system. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And what I could apply to my own teaching, but also like how we assess, uh, young people, mm. right? How do we, how we assess their skills in schools, and this was a, a superbly experiential online experience, which, which in the past you don't think of those things as synergistic, but it, they, you know, they can be. Yeah, I, I found that too when I was doing that level two certification. So I'd started it, and then I think Google had completely changed their program. And so when I redid it, because I did not pass it the first time, when I redid it, I was on mat leave, and I had the exact same experience as you. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty. Uh, creative the way that they're getting you to do tasks online like it's not a MOOC it's not just like watching a video and answering quiz questions which yeah. is what it used to be like that's what the first one was and I hate multiple choice tests I do not do well on them and then the second one it's like hey there's this really cool complicated task you have to do and then by doing that task you do the learning it's a, I loved it yeah yeah same and so so I think that you know, and, th and that, that was a requirement for Innovator, right? And so that's what sort of pushed me. Um, so my Innovator path was kind of funny. So the, I applied to Colorado back in 2016 with an idea that just wasn't, it wasn't there yet, right? It was sort of the early beginnings of an idea. The seed had been planted. I had this little sapling going. And, and as I was, as I was, putting it out there I was like this really isn't ready but you know what I threw it in anyway and I was just like whatever we're gonna you know like let's just throw caution to the wind forget about judgment and let's just apply needless to say I didn't get in <laughs> okay but just back up for a second though what do you actually do to get in like what is the application process like yeah so the the application process is is, is really great too because it kind of 
it, it really weeds out people who aren't very, very interested and motivated to, to be innovative and, and to be a part of this awesome, awesome group. Um, and so, so you, long and short, you have to do the Google Educator too. That's a basic requirement. Um, and then, uh, and then they want to, they ask you all kinds of different questions, right? They're like, what's your, you know, what's your social media, uh, impact? What are you, what are you proud of? What's a piece of content that you've created that dem that you've created that demonstrates your innovative approach to, to education and learning? Mm. Uh, you, you have to submit a deck, um, like a, a five slide deck and it's pretty specific as to, so what they're looking for, they want you to sort of explain your your ideas around the problem, but they they're really focusing on the problem now. They've gone away from these solutions and really gone to the problems to allow for for the the work at the Innovator Academy to sort of lead you in ways that you maybe wouldn't have gone in the past, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so so that's a really nice that's a really nice push, I think, and I think that's where I fell in. I was really frustrated with with my problem, and I had a whole bunch of different uh, approaches. And actually, so I, I I sort of went into detail about two specific ideas. One was virtual reality, um, hmm. but then when I when I worked to better understand the user, I realized that you really had to hit them early, right? You've got to hit them when they're so tuned to learn language, and that's in that's in infancy. That's in, mm -hmm. in toddlerhood and, and primary years, right? And so I was like, well, how am I going to do that? Because we sort of, you know, all of the apps currently for foreign language learning are are geared towards you either sit a kid in front of a screen, which I don't buy into, mm -hmm. and or they have to be able to read, right? Mm. And and sit in front of a screen and then play with their thumbs and, and read, right? Um, and so what I was trying to do is make it more immersive. And then so that sort of led into the Idea. I went into the, like I said, I went into the academy thinking I was going to do VR, and 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 then just the whole academy sort of was happening, and you know we were really trying to understand our users, and then it sort of clicked. It was like no, like I have to do this bear that will <laughs> that will be an au pair for your child for them to learn a second language. Yeah. Um, so talk about the au pair bear, like yeah. How so did you get from VR to learning bear so i had i had two uh though learning bear like teddy i called it teddy ruxpin yeah. oh my god uh, i love it <laughs> and and so that was always part of the part of the the dream right but the problem is i don't have coding skills right like i can't program something to do that and so i was kind of shying away because i was like well that's outside of my skill set you know yes i can plan put all the background work into it but then ultimately i'd have to find someone to program it but the real magic happened when my son was, stole my phone. Um, As they do. Went, yeah, he went to my office. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Nigel has my phone. He's looking at, like, you know, pictures or whatever, games on the Internet. We, we don't let him play any video games. And so I was like, barge into my office, and he's talking to Siri in French. So he's oh gone God. in. He's changed Siri's language to French. And he's like, bonjour, Siri, ça va? And then she's replying. And so it was really cute because um, he's like, qu'est-ce que tu fais ce soir, right? Like, what are you doing tonight? And Siri, Siri like, responded super cheekily and, and <laughs> said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing the first one who laughs, loses, and I think I'm winning. Right? <laughs> so I lost it. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then I was like, wow, like, this is such a, 
you know? And yes, he's looking at a screen, but there's not really, like the goal is that he's just communicating, yeah. right? And it's not that he's, you know, moving a player through levels. It's not that he's, you know, being pulled into this thing, but he didn't even have to look at it, right? Mm. So he's like looking around, he's talking to Siri. And so that's when it really clicked. And then I thought, okay, so he's in French immersion, so he has a, a certain set of language and he's, he's pretty good. And so I was like, I need to bust that down to, to infancy, right? And, and that's really, that was when I, was, I thought, okay, this could work. But again, I didn't go into the Innovator Academy thinking that that, that would be my end product. But, mm. uh, but here we are, yeah. There you are. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you are now really moving with this. So talk about what you do with this program since you finished the program. Like, you now have this idea and you're taking off on it. So where is it now? So, so yeah, so the, the, I'm still, like, up until August 5th, I'm still part of the innovator program because it's a year long, right? Yeah. Um, but the nice thing is that is that I was picked up by the innovation cluster in Peterborough, um, and they're really supporting me uh, to actually bring O Bear, Bear to life, right? Yeah. So from now, I have I've, I'm almost finished my business plan. It's due today, um, and that has been a whole other experience, just of learning. Like it has been wild. Um, and then the next part is going to be writing grants and trying to secure funding. Um, I have a post up on Upwork for programmers to, to start, like create a beta app that I can just gather more information and, and figure out what's going to work, what isn't going to work and what people want. And then, and then I'm going to launch full. And the idea, wow. the idea is October. So I set, it's really nice because you set your own milestones, right? So I set that my, my business plan would be due today. And I set that, you know, like by October, I want to have a beta app out. And so, and so my mentor, Rose, who's here, Rose Terry, she's amazing. And she just, like, she's connecting me with accountants. She's connecting me with insurance brokers. She's been connecting me with all these people. I did this intensive uh, three-day entrepreneurial training. Mm. Uh, of course, it was sort of like entrepreneurship and marketing, three-year uh, three-year program condensed into three days. So it was <laughs> my, my, my brain was exploding. Um, but it was just, and that's all free because they're just supporting. And I get to work in this fantastic space surrounded by other entrepreneurs who are doing like crazy awesome stuff, like just crazy awesome. And and, you know, my podcast listening has shifted now because I'm listening to, you know, like Harvard Business Review podcast yeah. now. Um, and, and it's just sort of getting that, that other side, which I think is helping my teaching tremendously because I'm not so, so singular focused. It's really starting to, to, I don't know, increase my breadth, I guess. But are you still going to be a teacher next year? Like this is what I think is so cool is that you're developing this business outside of your world as an educator and is this like your side hustle right now or are you thinking like you're going to eventually transition out of the classroom no so so my goal it's interesting because i think investors want you to be fully behind it right and uh -huh. i am fully fully behind the idea i may i may take a, a couple years off teaching to get off the ground but next year I am I'm back in the classroom um, and I, I'm doing the the program area leader I'm still on campus um, so I'm gonna be doing all those things so I am gonna have to find some time to to really dedicate to au pair bear but that's why I want to have October as the as the beta testing right and then as we get the beta testing you know it'll just be you know building 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 and and I've already done a lot of that work 
which is really nice. Um, and then it's a case of paying someone, finding, trying to find the money, paying somebody to, to build the app. And, and I'd like to be out for Christmas, but mm. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we'll be there. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't want to put something out that's not, that's not really ready. Um, that said, I'm not, I'm not opposed to sort of putting it out there and, and having a first crack at it. But I think first impressions in business are a really big thing. And, and so I think realistically, I hope to have something ready to launch by summer of next year. Can my two-year-old be a prototype tester? Can he get a Teddy Ruxpin made by you to teach him how to speak another language? Can that happen? Absolutely. So, so <laughs> it, is a, it is a two-phase iteration. So first phase is app, which is going to be on a phone. And our goal is to, is to create a backpack so you can turn your, your child's favorite stuffed animal into his au pair bear cool. right or his au pair giraffe or whatever <laughs> whatever it unicorn is in the case of yeah, my son right? it's his unicorn awesome. but yeah you know that's the first iteration um i've only just done some research around raspberry pi zero and so they don't emit heat so mm. that was the big problem with these with these raspberry pies and shoving them into stuffed animals mm. uh, is that they would heat up and explode and so <laughs> We don't. Not good. That's not the kind of publicity we want, um, <laughs> or or result. And so, so yeah. So I think that's that's evolving. Um, and, but it's it's also much more costly to manufacture at that level. When you started this program, did you envision that you were going to create such a big project? Like, did it just evolve that way? Like, it. Yeah. So I was totally. I was totally open um, to to the process, and I think that's mm. that's really where the magic has come. And I'm shocked at at where it's gone. I I did not see it coming through. I actually felt like a failure. I would have these meetings with my mentor and be like, Micah, my wheels are spinning. I have no idea. Like you know, I'm doing mm. all this work, and we're like going down all these rabbit holes, but I wasn't. I wasn't gaining traction, hmm. but, but reflecting on that experience and, and what I shared with the innovators yesterday was, was that though that was good work, you hmm. know what I mean? Like I, it was, it was di- indirectly related and I didn't feel like I was getting traction, but I was getting information and I was, it made me think more deeply about it. It made me, you know, want to pursue other avenues and that's ultimately what brought me to the innovation cluster. And so so applying to the cube, the cube is the incubator and the innovation cluster is sort of the umbrella company. Um, but yeah, they have so many knowledge partners that I can, that I can bank on. I am going to a pizza with Prima, who, which is a, a patent agency mm. uh, to look at, you know, different patents. Um, but no, no idea that it would blow up to this magnitude. Um, a really scary question in the interview process was like how much of your own money are you willing to put up and <laughs> you're like uh, let me call my wife and find out <laughs> I, well exactly right so I was not prepared for that I thought you know we just find other people to give me money um and so I I honest I, I answered honestly I was like listen I don't know like I I can't tell you that how much I said how much are entrepreneurs in the in this cube putting up with their own money and she's mm. like it varies so so I committed to ten grand. 
Wow. Uh, yeah. And so like just in loans and that kind of thing and getting a, a, a $10,000 loan. But then you kind of what's good about that is that you investors like that, they'll get behind you because you're putting your money where your mouth is. Right. Yeah. And they believe they know that you believe in your idea. But the other side of it is like this flops like that's going to take me some time to pay off. You know what I mean? And so obviously I don't want to go full 10. But um, you but yeah, need skin in the game. I think that's a really good lesson that applies to any kind of big risky thing that you do. Like it, you have to have some kind of uh, like risk factor for you. It can't be for safe. sure. Yeah, and so and that's been and that's been huge. And it's all about being fearless, right? Um, I was listening to, to uh, this is Akimbo Seth Godin's blog or mm. podcast the other mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how our amygdalas can't tell the difference between a saber-toothed tiger and an editor anymore, right? Like it's just, it's that fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so many times I wanted to, to cut and run. Yeah. Um, and But then you just, you get back to it and you, you think about your project, you think about the good it could bring and, and you know, it's money. We can always make more money. And so... Well, uh, yeah, and ultimately the the good that it could bring if you're thinking about, you know, I, I feel, you know, in doing the research, bilingual brain, you know, we're more empathetic towards other cultures because, you know, we kind of identify with, with two different linguistic identities, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that drives cognitive and compassionate empathy. And, uh, and if we couldn't, if we can't have more young people being cognitively and compassionately empathetic towards others... In addition to being better problem solvers, creative people, um, good communicators and good collaborators, I think like, you know, the world would be a better place if we had more people like that. And I, I think that that's what this program is doing really well. And I probably just mentioned everyone listening, like we're not being sponsored by Google at all. So yeah. this is really, you know, just like a curiosity point that if you're somebody who really wants to change the game and to think differently about teaching and learning, this could be an amazing transformative program for you. A hundred percent. And the, the support, the support from Google, the mentors, um, your cohort, all of that is, is pure magic. Um, it's, it's really engaging. It's really, it's really empowering. Um, and, and people are willing to embrace their, their crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like their, their inner crazy, they're able to embrace that and really sort of propel you forward based on the idea that, in fact, we can do anything if we just, you know, approach it in a, in a fearless kind of way. Does it cost anything? What's the price tag on it? So it doesn't. There's no fee for the Innovator Program, but your tra- you have to pay for your own travel. And accommodation. Uh, and accommodation, yeah. yeah. But it's, what's amazing is that, you know, we're all educators, you know, we're all, you know, a lot of us are frugal. And so, you know, I had a roommate um, shared a room with, with a guy, uh, for a couple nights at, uh, at my innovator program. Um, and, and lots of people were sharing rooms. It's, it's amazing what happens in the lead up to the innovator program. Um, just around the hangouts, everybody gets in the hangouts and then, you know, we're all just, we're all just like kids in a candy store, right? <laughs> like, Oh wow. Hey everybody. You know, I'm so-and-so. And we all get on this massive hangout and introduce ourselves and, and, uh, and then from there, it's amazing how quickly it snowballs and you create solid friendships um, with your entire cohort, which is, which is kind of magical, right? Um, 
a lot of the same magic that we see in in our cohort 21 experience mm -hmm. too though right and so i think that uh it's just another it's another group um to be a part of that uh that continually inspires you to push yourself so if they're not asking you to pay for it what does google get out of that exchange like what did they get out of all those teachers participating um, in this program? Is it like advertising for them so that you're using their products or that you'll be more competent in sharing these with your students when you get home? Like what, what do they get out of it? I, you know, I think, yeah, they're, they're definitely getting something out of it because <laughs> we're all using Google apps for education. Yeah. Um, and EdTech team runs a bunch of conferences. I think what they get is they get these really inspiring people who then go on to present at their conferences mm. um, about all these, you know, different tips and tricks to to improving learning. Mm -hmm. And and I think that they they you know they obviously get get money from that. But I think that being part of the 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 innovator the innovator experience, they're really they're really interested in just you know, flipping this paradigm, right? And, and putting learning back in the hands of students. And I think that that's, that's a tremendous experience for them. They, uh, they're superbly generous with their time. Um, and so there's, there's the innovator program through Google for Education, but then there's also EdTech team, right? And EdTech team does run all those conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, and you know what's nice is that they pull they pull former innovators in to to be coaches and to 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 further the learning of current participants, and so it's kind of that that self propelling cycle of learning, right? So mm. so train the expert, and then the expert comes back and trains trains the participant to become the expert, and it's this ebb and flow of of you know just wonderful people who have big ideas, um, inspiring others to, to chase their passion. That's so inspiring. And I am yeah. really excited to have you on the show many more times, but in a future show to talk about the success of this au pair bear and how you make your first million with this amazing tool. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I believe in it. It's going to be great. Um, we're going to finish up with a ticket out the door because we're good educators and we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, collect information as people are leaving our spaces. So are you ready for a series of random rapid fire questions that have nothing to do with this interview? Absolutely. Amazing. Here we go. What is your favorite book to read to young people? Oh, where the wild things are. Mm, best gift you ever received as a teacher. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I got this beautiful card from one of my students this year talking about how she believed that I was her language coach and not her teacher. Mm, that's great. Just the now, idea of being a coach. Yeah, that was my that was by far and away my best gift. Favorite place to visit in Canada. I'm going to let you in on a secret. So it's called Four Sands Beach in Blind River. And, uh, and it's a hidden beach. It's beautiful. There's never anyone there. It's and not it, it hidden anymore. This podcast, people are going to flood there now. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I'm going to let you in on, on Northern Ontario's best gem. And it is off Huron Road, um, okay. just before you get to the hospital off Highway 17. All right, I'm there. I'll go in next it's weekend. Magic. Okay. Uh, if you weren't a teacher, what would you be doing? Um, 
I'd probably be a police officer. I think that's that was my first my first track, but um, before I got in, before I was interested in teaching. But I think now I'd definitely be um, an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I, I would want to be. I have so many ideas now, like that are that are percolating in the back, um, that I just want to keep going. It's it's such an exciting role. Dude, you are an entrepreneur. Like you were doing. Yeah, that. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite edu celebrity? My favorite local edu celebrity is Garth Nichols. Uh, yeah, he he inspires me. Also, Justin Medved. Those guys are just amazing. Um, but if I was to go uh, for someone who is, you know, presenting at, at conferences and that kind of thing, I think um, Wicked Decent uh, Dan Ryder. He's uh, he's doing some really really cool stuff. Also, my mentor Micah Shippey. He's it's amazing when you get to meet these edgy celebrities and like mm. meet them real time. Mm. Uh, it's cool. You're in the big leagues. You're in the big leagues. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm being mentored by the big leagues, which it's, is nice. I'm still in the minors. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> First thing you do when you get home at the end of the day, look for my kids and <laughs> give them a snuggle. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in touch. And so we just snuggle up and mm. out their day. I love it. And then finally, what's the future of learning? Uh, the future of learning is is putting it back in students' hands. I think uh, you know, student agency is is massive, and and we got to get away from this idea where we're teaching to answers. Right? Mm. We have to, we have to teach to problems and and help create those problem solving skills and develop those critical thinking skills. In order for them to be able to solve the world's problems in the future, which are going to be terrifically complex. Mm, so good. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing. And I can't wait. You're not involved with Cohort 21 this year, but for people who are listening, you're going to be showing up. We'll have to rope you in and have you come back as many times as we can. I will definitely still be in touch I with love Cohort it. 21. I can't ever leave. Well, I am super bummed that I won't get to see Derek four times a year in my role with Cohort 21. I am not speaking a word of hyperbole when I said that I'm excited for him to make his first million and say I knew him when. Teachers, what are your side hustles? I am endlessly fascinated by the things that teachers do outside of the classroom to keep them curious and engaged in the world, mostly because I can't fathom the time or the energy that it takes to do that kind of work. Tweet me your side hustle stories at teach underscore tomorrow or email me a voice memo at celeste.kirsch at gmail.com and it just might get played on the show. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Keep innovating and remember, we are teaching tomorrow.